1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's getting tight at the top as Celtic hammer hearts to close the gap on Craig Levine's side. Rangers get there in the end against St Mirren amid coin throwing and red card controversies. And the SPFL and Ladbrokes team up to launch a responsible gambling initiative. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Kevens. Big week lies ahead in Europe for Celtic and Rangers, I think. Celtic seem to be intimidated by European competition for some reason, but... They surely have a team capable of giving RB Leipzig a game on make-or-break Thursday. And Rangers have built up a run of results in the Europa League more impressive than their home form. Moscow needn't be a journey too far for them either. Anyway, all of it will be a breath of fresh air while we work out what to do with the coin-throwing, punch-throwing, bottle-throwing disturbers of the peace. Alex Ray, you owe me for resisting the temptation to describe you two as a pair of rockets on <laughs> oh, tonight, hey. the 5th of November. I managed to resist it. Exactly. Another good weekend of football, lots to discuss. Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, obviously, Rangers and Celtic both got wins. St Johnson starting to show a little bit of form of late as well. Good win for uh, Motherwell. And uh, again, St Mirren losing. So, a lot of talking points. Yes, your weekend review starts right here So we need you to join us 01419511025 is the phone number you need uh, On Twitter we are at Clyde SSB And in fact already Hugh it started Stephen Lang heard a rumour That it was you that sold Guy Fox the gunpowder <laughs> He says No, I deny that okay. I was in the house at the time Good stuff 01419511025 on the phones Send us a tweet as well Really so much to get through from another action packed weekend Let's start on the field at Celtic Park uh, and hear from Brendan Rogers. Uh, he says his team put in an outstanding performance after beating Hearts 5-0. The win moves Celtic one point from the top of the table and Rogers says the result is testament of the hard work and dedication of the players. Well, a great victory for us uh, in terms of a win and, and performance level was was fantastic. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think that probably the game today and, and this week showed really not just a bit... The, the victory today, but I think the the level that these players have been at domestically over the last two and a half years. You know, we've taken hits in Europe, and you know, there's never a midweek game where we or wait a midweek where we don't have a game. But to keep coming back and have that hunger and playing against a good Hearts team, and Craig's done great for Hearts. You know, to set them up very difficult to to beat, uh, and then have started the season really well, but. We've played really well against them now in this last week, uh, and today, like I say, we we were excellent, um, really aggressive in our defending, pressing the game, shortening the pitch, and then uh, creating opportunities. So, uh, yeah, so we took five, and final pass we could have had a few more. So, uh, so yeah, an outstanding team performance. Right, what about that game at Celtic Park on Saturday? Then Celtic fans, easy enough question for you: How pleased were you? What pleased you the most? And is this the week where you can finally take some impressive domestic performances into Europe? Yes or no? Yes, it is, I think. Back-to-back five-goal wins for Celtic against Dundee and Hearts. 23 goals in their last five domestic matches. As I say, I think Europe has become a problem for Celtic and the Celtic supporters. The mindset's all wrong. If Brendan Rodgers picks the same team that started the match against Hearts with a solid 
central defensive partnership in Benkovic and Boyata with Odson Edwards seven goals in seven games with Callum McGregor playing football at the highest level of his career so far why can't they give RB Leipzig a right game of it? Celtic's mindset seems to be that they are slightly tentative when they play in Europe now but they've got the crowd behind them it's make or break if they don't win they can forget the Europa League They've got the players They've got the momentum They've got the goals We'll hear from Craig Levine In just a second Alex Ray What did you make of that As a an attacking performance On its own on Saturday And then I suppose As part yeah. of a bigger picture And um, where Celtic have done that A few times recently Yeah I have to say I think their levels I think Brendan speaks about it On a regular basis They've been really impressive If you look at the players In the top end The business end of the pitch Edward as Sue mentioned Seven and seven's formidable Forrest has got three and three uh, Ryan Christie's got three and three as well He's just come starting to come into the fold Starting to make a big impact also And the main man is the guy Rogic He, he makes things tick he, he drops deep he, he goes long He picks pockets He's a very good footballer And uh, they're just hitting form at the right time But to be fair Leipzig I think is it undefeated in ten No, no goals conceded in six yeah. So listen yeah. You have to put it in context as well I think uh, as it currently stands at the moment Celtic must go into this game saying, right, okay, we are, we are favourites here. You need to yeah. change that mentality as Hugh talks about. Hugh, have Celtic in their recent domestic performances sent out any sort of statement with regards to people who maybe questioned their credentials this season? I think even Celtic supporters questioned their credentials at the start when it was defeats to Hearts and defeats at Kilmarnock and inexplicably leaving two points behind against St Mirren and Paisley. The European performances, the, the disappointment of not taking care of AEK Athens and going into the Champions League. But here they are now. They are playing every bit as well as they did when they won the double treble under Brendan Rodgers. And as I say, momentum counts for a lot in football. They have the personnel. They have compensated for the loss of Scott Brown. In Callum McGregor, there are plenty who would say that he is making Celtic faster than they are with Scott Brown and that his range of passes is terrific. It all points to Celtic having the ability to give Leipzig a game. That's what the Celtic supporters want to see, I think. There'll be too many tentative performances, too many claims of, oh, their budget's bigger than our budget and all of that stuff. Celtic can give Leipzig a game on Thursday. 0141-951-1025 That's the number you need If you want to tweet It's at Clyde SSB James is a Celtic fan First up tonight From Hamilton What's your point tonight James? Um, just a quick point um, I know Green Brigade Take a lot of Bad publicity And things that they do For their banners And things like that But I'd really Like to see how proud I am Of them For the food bank collections On Saturday And raising Nearly £16,500 uh, which has all been distributed all out I just want to say Well done and very very proud of my team Right now because Right now we can do with every Good news story we can lay our hands on In the midst of the coin throwing The bottle throwing The punch throwing And that, that is a, an excellent charitable effort uh, we, We've got uh, Tony Watt from St Johnston Who's doing good things for us For cash for kids uh, Oxening off Frame jerseys of his from the past So well done to Tony Watt Well done to everyone At this time of the year Rangers, all other clubs Have got themselves involved In charitable purposes uh, That's what we need to see Like I say The game needs all the good news stories It can lay its hands on Yeah well said James What about on the field on Saturday? What impressed you there? Uh, very good performance It's just uh, nice to see Celtic Coming back to a great high standard 
just hopefully they can carry it on into Thursday and get a good performance because I don't think at home I don't think there's anybody to fear especially when you don't know the matter the size of the club I mean I, I wouldn't dismiss RB Leipzig as, as Alex said yeah, but that would be a bit daft yeah, yeah their form in the Bundesliga is, is first class at the minute but I think it's time Celtic O the Celtic supporters won at Celtic Park They've got the players They've got the goals now Coming in torrents 23 in 5 games So If it is to be The last chance saloon Have a right good drink in it I think that's the point Alex Obviously Leipzig is going to be A difficult opponent And yeah. may well be too difficult Who knows We'll only find out on Thursday night But it surely Is of a massive benefit to Celtic To go into this game So confident And on the back of so many Impressive displays Yeah listen I think one of the key things I think a lot of people Are talking about The Scott Brown factor as well Callum McGregor's come into that 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 sitting midfielder And I have to say You have to commend him Because for me He's a middle to front But when you see His recent performances His adaptability To sit there And dictate things It's been really impressive But what that allows is Particularly when Sham and Brown's Not playing as the two of you so you have McGregor, then you have two directly in front of him, Christie and Rogic, looking to pick pockets or looking to break forward. Then you have another three. So effectively, you have another player and attack you. Uh-huh. So it's benefited uh, Celtic ever so much over the last couple of weeks because they've really got strength and strength uh, going forward in numbers. So uh, it's been impressive. Now, it'll be interesting to see the other side of the game when Leipzig probably will have a bit of the ball on Thursday night. So how Callum adapts to that as well. And, because when you look at the personnel in the middle of that part, Christy, McGregor, Rogic, they're not really defensive-minded as is Scott Brown. So it'll be interesting because the levels will be up uh, come Thursday. No, tomorrow, November 6th, is the 131st anniversary of Celtic's formation. The greatest day in those 131 years was in Lisbon on the 25th of May 1967 when Celtic became the first British club to win the European Cup. That's Celtic's abiding legacy. That is the one day that supporters cherish above all others. So, in Europe, let Celtic not be intimidated. Let them use the good players that they've got to their advantage against a very good side and give it a go. Uh, James, it is nights like Thursday night where the team will really find out about the absence of Scott Brown, as Alex says, when perhaps there's a bit more defending to be done? I think so, but I think Callum McGregor's really filled in the role very well. Um, I don't think um, I think there's, we go a bit quicker going forward his passing's a bit more crisp but, but I do think you may slightly miss the digger Scott Brown but I think Callum mm. seems to step up to the plate and turn into the great player that I think he's going to become for Celtic in the future you know, Paul Starr's on Twitter asking a similar question you know he talks about McGregor in that Brown role yeah. maybe we don't need to find a replacement he says he can run dribble receive the ball press play short and long passes he's been tremendous in other roles for Celtic Thoughts on that? Can that be adapted, or, or will he never have that that sort of tenacity and the, the breaking up of play that Scott Brown has? Well, listen, uh, and this is not to have a go. I, I played in that position, so you know it's a position I'm familiar with. There was, a, and I'm not trying to take away from anything that he's done offensively and he's dictating a play in the last couple of weeks. But I think it was against uh, Hibs. Hibs. He, he got turned over p- for possession. Then I think the following European game, he let the ball run through him, and it was a goal came from that as well. So. That is something that I would notice if I was watching that if you can pick his pocket because, you know, he's looking to always try and play whereas Scott Brown may just pop it in behind. So he'll adapt into the role. Uh, I think when you're playing domestically in the amount of ball that Celtic have, particularly at the weekend, and I don't mean to be disrespectful with Callum McGregor, I thought Hart scored it totally wrong in terms of allowing him to pick passes. 
And they were getting outnumbered in the wider areas They had two V1s constantly uh, And it was interesting listening to Craig Levine as well Well we're about to Well go listen, go, let's have a listen because Look at that, you'd think we'd planned that Hugh Keevans <laughs> oh, Honestly go on then. No uh, chance Craig Levine says he was an idiot For trying to sit in and frustrate Celtic uh, He says he takes sole responsibility um, But is a bit more He's happier with the second half performance Than he was with the first The manager's an idiot I made a decision. I thought of all the high-profile games we've had, and uh, I thought our energy levels would be beginning to to wane. I made a decision to try and sit in and frustrate Celtic and hit them on the counter-attack. But God, I got that one wrong. Eh? So I, I felt much better with the second half. So when you lose that early goal, when you settle bit that. Yeah, it, it is difficult. But we, I've done the players a disservice. I think we had more energy than I thought we had. And uh, once you set out that way, it's very difficult to change it other than when we get to half-time. Um, the second half I was pleased with. I know we lost two goals, but at least we were in the game. We had opportunities. Um, and I think they felt better uh, in the second half as well. So uh, they put that one down to me. You don't get too many managers referring to themselves as idiots, Hugh well. Keevans. It was, uh, it was honest. It was refreshing to hear... No excuses or anything like that from Craig Levine He took the, the responsibility I'm going to have to be an old cynic here I think it's reverse psychology I think Hearts have lost 8-0 on aggregate to Celtic in the space of 7 days And Craig Levine's going in and thought mm, I'll take the heat off this by by saying My mistake and uh, you know I've got it all wrong and Taking the heat off his players They have been well beaten by Celtic in two successive weekends yeah, it's interesting because he said, I think, in his presser after the game as well, Gordon, he says, I'd, I wanted to wait to half time to change it. For me, having seen the highlights, they were getting done time after time, 2v1s down because they were so narrow and so intent. And, and I think uh, Lustig and uh, Cal uh, Tierney had an absolute field day. And they were just walking down the sides, firing balls across the face. I mean, you've got that amount of bodies coming in. Uh, I felt as if he might have tried to nullify them and show them a bit more through mm. the middle. So. Uh, anyway, but I, I, I kind of agree in some ways with you were saying as well Because the last thing he wanted to come out and, and do Was publicly have a go at his players When they've done so well for him up until now Jamie's a Celtic fan from Clyde Bank What's your take on the weekend, Jamie? Hi, Pan, how you doing guys, alright? Yes, yeah. all good um, I actually thought people have already touched on this tonight I just think um, Celtic have actually played better Since Scott Brown has been injured Now I know in Scottish football Celtic tend to have most of the ball and that's where Callum McGregor's at his best and we'll find out his true worth on Thursday against Leipzig but I just think he's got that ability to turn defence into attack quicker than Scott Brown and I think in a more modern style of play it's more it's better because Scott Brown has, is, is a great servant to the club but he's got a tendency to kind of play the easy ball kind of pass sideways backwards rather than give the ball away whereas Callum's got that kind of He's got a bit of vision He's got to take a risky pass And obviously on Saturday They all paid off And the score was 5-0 I just want to know What the panel's thoughts yeah, are you're right. Whether Scott Brown Will just go straight back Into the team when he's fit You're right in what you say uh, Insofar as We'll find out on Thursday Callum McGregor Is absolutely outstanding At the moment On a domestic level Now we'll find out If he can cut it At the European level Because this is a team From the Bundesliga A team who are doing Exceptionally well In the Bundesliga So there's a personal test for Callum McGregor It's also a test of the Celtic defence Lustig, Boyata, Benkovic, Tierney Because they will be required to defend At a higher level than they ever will be In the Scottish Premiership And 
Celtic's European results suggest that that's been a failing of theirs. So it's not just a test for Callum McGregor. It's a test for all of the Celtic players to, to raise their game. Jamie's actually right, Gordon, what he says there. See, for my midfielder, I actually love the fact that the first thought is he's always looking to penetrate forward, looking to play in between the lines. He's looking to play from side to side where you get the, the, the players. Uh, Lustig was bombing forward at the weekend in Tierney. So he can actually play through the lines or he can just hit a diagonal. And when you do that, it gets the speed of play, the tempo, and it becomes wave after wave after wave. And what happened was Hearts ended up camping in the back. But here's right what he says, Jamie. Come Thursday, it'll be a different proposition when you've got guys that are technically good and they'll look at to take you the other way. Jamie, is this the one though? Is this the, the one where the Celtic fans are perhaps looking at it and saying, right, we got into this with a bit of confidence, a bit of momentum, and uh, perhaps this could be the best European performance so far? Yeah, I think we definitely take a domestic form, and I think Leipzig are are a great team, but I watched the game in Germany, and I know they were missing some players, but I think I think we were poor, and I think on a better night, we could have probably got a draw. I don't think they were that great for what I've seen in them, um, so I do think that on a night at Parkhead with the fans behind us and the former Grinnin, they're definitely there for the taking, 100%. Well, okay. the big crowd will be there, the form's there, the momentum's there, uh, and it is win or bust. So, it is a mini cup final and uh, Celtic Park should be rocking and rolling on Thursday. They've got the capacity to do it, Celtic. Uh, Darren Sharkey's on Twitter says, Celtic have been amazing. I'm loving watching my team at the highest level, but Rodgers still needs signings. We need to compete in Europe sooner rather than later. 0141-951-1025 on the phones. It's at Clyde SSB on Twitter. And we're going to continue our weekend review by hearing from Stephen Gerrard after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Looking back at all the big talking points from another action-packed weekend of Scottish football. It's 01419511025 if you want to join us. And on Twitter, we are at Clyde SSB. Uh, we'll hear from Stephen Gerrard in just a second. Let's go straight to the phones though and hear from Davy, who's got some thoughts on the Rangers' defence. Hi, Davy. Uh, how you doing, uh, panel? Yes, I just had a question for Alec. Alec, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like just to think uh, You know think These loan signings For Rangers Especially Warrell Who's took over for Katic And Katic, in my opinion Katic's a far stronger And better player mm. uh, Ken obviously Has been outstanding Kibale Xeria in the midfield But When these players leave At the end of the season You know think it's a, a, a Rangers have got to rebuild Another team again And get more loan signings in Or whatever they're going to do I think that's a step backwards Because I think what's happening at Ibrox is they've been told that these players have got to play. I mean, consider McCrory is there, a young, talented player that plays Scotland under-21, uh, captain. And and you've also got young Doherty has been doing uh, at Shrewsbury and he scored, I think it's eight or nine goals at this minute in time. I just think it's a step back. Can I ask your opinion what you think? Well, listen, there was a couple of points here. First and foremost, Davey, you spoke about uh, Katic. Um I thought he'd struck up a really impressive partnership with uh, Goals and Early Doors. Uh, and I think it was a Real, uh, Villarreal game which you put in Joe Worrell. And I thought he'd done okay. And I thought over a period of time, I thought Worrell seemed to be settling down. But I have to say, the last couple of games, I thought he struggled a little bit. His uh, distribution, defensively, even if you look back to the commandment goal last week, he was quite powder puff, really. We got into the initial header with um, Stewart, uh, resulted in the goal. 
Um, so I, I take your point on board for that. Now, going back to uh, the loan situation, uh, I think that's where Rangers are at. Unfortunately, you know, ideally you would like to go and buy players which you would be your own. You'd be able to work with them over a couple of seasons and build. Uh, but if they're doing well enough and the clubs, at their parent clubs, you know, like Liverpool or uh, Notts Forest with Warwick, if they're happy with their development, they may well allow them to stay longer. But it isn't ideal uh, in what you say. And in my experience, you've mentioned a couple of younger boys there in terms of uh, young McCrory and Doherty going down to, I think it was Shrewsbury. So when you look at these boys, I don't think that Stephen Gerrard and Gary McAllister would let boys go down, one of them down there, and then obviously keep uh, McCrory on the bench or in the stand. My experience is if they're good enough, they normally play. So for... It doesn't matter whether a lone players he's playing the team uh, that he thinks is actually going to you know get a result for them because if he doesn't then he's under pressure you know if he didn't get a result at the weekend then he would have been bang under pressure Hugh this is the same for loan signings at any club and I think where Alex is probably right is the fact that managers are just going to play the best team that they think can get them the, yeah. the best result the problem comes when guys like Davy make an assessment that in his mind Katic is actually better than Worrell or there's certainly not a lot between them mm. and at that point you can see why fans would perhaps lean towards the, the, the player that's theirs, so to speak. Rangers have a manager who's learning on the job, as it were, because he hasn't managed before. And that was the gamble that they took. Now, sometimes along the way, Steven Gerrard will make mistakes and he'll have to admit to his mistakes. And if Worrell at the moment does not justify his place, then Steven Gerrard has got to move him back out and bring in Katic. Everything that Rangers do now is about adding revenue because they posted dramatic losses last week. They need to progress, domestically speaking, and the Betfred defeat from Aberdeen was a blow in that regard. They need to continue pressing Celtic as best they can for the championship. And we'll see what happens in the Scottish Cup and the draws made in January. But progress in Europe is also very important to Rangers for the money it generates because Dave King is on record as saying that Rangers will only achieve profitability if they are in Europe on a regular basis. And that's why Spartak Moscow on Thursday is important. Rangers have important games, Moscow, Rapid Vienna away and the Villarreal at Ibrox. They need to maintain... The good run, the very good run that Steven Gerrard has had in Europe. As I say, I think their European form is better than their domestic form. Uh, Davy, of course, it might not have been a vintage performance on Saturday, but taking that into account, just how important was it to get over the line uh, and come away with the three points? Well, it was important to get the three points with two late goals, but I mean that. I look at it in a bigger, a bigger picture, and I'm looking at the many points that Rangers have dropped. Mm. You know, if you're home. <coughs> And the players who've been brought in at this minute in time, don't get me wrong, it's a big, massive improvement. And I'm a Stephen Gerrard fan, I'm a Liverpool fan, and I love the guy you bits. But I don't, I, I don't see, as, we've progressed a lot, but I don't see his progressing uh, quick enough uh, and bringing in total quality. Now, I know, I know you can't get a gas coin and you can't get, but I sometimes think the players are letting themselves down as a team because they're changing the team 24 7. Now, Stephen Gerrard said that. The most important thing in, in this season was the league. Because if he gets the league, he gets back into Europe automatically next year. And to me, he, he plays a weaker team in the league than what he does in the UEFA. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, don't, I don't see where he's coming. I'd really like to be quite honest with you. 
Yeah, David, one of the things that uh, kind of strikes me quite often is is the, the amount of times that the team changes on a regular basis. And I mean large numbers, three or four here every other week. So I would like to see a wee bit more, um, you know, kind of familiar faces, mm. a, a nucleus, a core. But you have to take into consideration as well. I think that is at 24 or 25 games already in the first three and a half, four months, Gordon. And I listened to Craig Levine, who's played 11 or 12 games, saying these boys are tired. So... <laughs> Let's put things in perspective But Going forward Which is an interesting one I was looking today I think it's seven and a, Next seven and a half weeks For Rangers and Celtic It's 13 games So it's coming Thick and fast yeah, again yeah. Hugh And you're going to need everyone I mean Hugh At some point in the season You're going to have to get results When you're not At your best sure. and, and that Probably is Is how you would describe Rangers at the weekend And therefore you know, come the end of the season, you were not really going to remember the performance. It's the three points that will matter. I mean, I, I do think the scheduling does no one any favours. Why we have to congest uh, so many fixtures into the month of uh, November, December uh, is for other people to argue. But uh, there's no doubt that Rangers have to maintain good results and have to keep the pressure as best they can on Hearts and Celtic because everything. In terms of their profitability Is dependent upon the team in the park mm. And as I say They took a gamble with Steven Gerrard And now you've got uh, Davey saying that Much as he loves Steven Gerrard he, He's not following some of what he does well, Let's hear from Steven Gerrard He says the decision to send Daniel Kandias off Was embarrassing He reviewed the TV footage Whilst he was giving the interview uh, He praised the resilience of his players After the 2-0 win But says simply He cannot understand that red card decision we know these teams are going to um, hang in. They've got something to play for and they're going to fight and they're going to be difficult to break down. So today was about patience. And The pleasing thing for me is we kept going. Um, we didn't get frustrated with the breakthrough not coming, especially in the first 60-odd minutes. So yeah, I'm really pleased that the lads kept plugging away and kept creating chances. And Ironically, it came with a little bit of luck, but I believe you make your own luck in this game. And, and then we went and finished the game off, so... Very pleased with the three points. It was a great that finish from Daniel. I mean, no, no doubt that he obviously meant it. You can well, according to it. Daniel, he meant it, but <laughs> uh, I've been in the game a long time and um, I've never seen anyone do one of them ones. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not on purpose, anyway. <laughs> not on purpose. You clarify the ending with, with the red card you spoke to the referee? I've just asked for footage of, mm. of the incident. Um, Daniel Condeas deserved his first yellow card because, you know, emotionally he gets carried away with scoring a goal, which I can understand because we'd worked so hard for the breakthrough. So he definitely deserved the first one. He was a coming together um, with, with Anton Ferdinand and Daniel Candeus, and he doesn't really do nothing wrong except try and get the man off him. Uh, I'm not sure that's a yellow card, uh, not in my book. So I think he's been harshly done by by the second one. I think the first thing we need to do is try and find some footage, because apparently the cameras haven't got it. Yeah, I see. So he, he gets, Daniel Candeus gets a yellow card for that. Now, come on, come on, lads, serious. What's he get a yellow card for? It's, it's embarrassing. The second yellow card's embarrassing. You can't appeal that, obviously. Is that, is that the we can't appeal it. Uh, is that the only simulation? It's not a straight red or a violent conduct red. Well, it is what it is, then, isn't it? It is what it is, but there you go. There's your evidence. That's what you're dealing with. You've had all week to think about it, yes. Hugh Keevans. Did Daniel Kandia still mean that as a, a shot on goal at the weekend? I think he did, yes. Just, just, thinking, I was just I'm wondering if you changed God, your mind. That's I've all. also had all weekend to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Examine in forensic detail when Anton met Candias. I'll tell you what, just if I could stop you in your tracks because Tommy's on the line and that's okay. what he wants to speak about. So you can respond to, to Tommy. On you go, Tommy. 
Aye, I was just want to talk about the perplexing decision by Willie Collins to send Candace off. Because um, when, when we're doing my refereeing training, we're taught to only give what you see. And Willie Collins obviously seen nothing when you watched uh, the footage backwards. But what I also I'd like to add was, I hope the compliance officer has a look at it. I know it won't get Candace's cards rescinded, but it might get the St Mirren player into trouble because when you see him put his arm round the guy's neck, he flicks his hands upwards to make like a punching gesture. I have no doubt you're correct in that as well. Uh, it's a baffling piece of business from Willie Collum. Uh, and also, in general terms, the disciplinary system is called into question by this because you can upgrade yellow to red, but you cannot downgrade yellow to give us peace. And uh, that means that Candias will miss a match through suspension that he should not miss because a blatant miscarriage of justice has taken place. Yeah, I mean, generally, yellows can only be appealed on grounds of mistaken identity or, as you heard in the, the audio, a, a false claim of simulation. So, mm. yeah, I mean, if you're Daniel Candias, you'll be yeah. pretty gutted. I said at the weekend exactly what you said in terms of, you know, we're talking about Danny McKinnon last week being upgraded to a red. I feel as if just in t- terms of fairness you, you must be able to do it the other way if you've been proven that that's not the case. But uh, it goes back to Willie Collin, what he's actually seen. It'll be interesting to see you because maybe Rangers may well comment when they actually get the, you know, the actual kind of charge uh, why he was booked and may well give you a bit more insight into what Willie was actually seeing or thinking at the time. I'm good to ask you a question, Gordon. Well, I hope I know the answer. He, well, I don't know the answer. <laughs> so I am... I, I, um, uh, admitting I don't know the answer okay. But if Willie Collum or any other referee said Listen To John Fleming at the SFA Man in charge of referees Or to whoever's in charge of the, the disciplinary committee Or to the compliance officer If Willie Collum simply said Do you know what? I've examined it all I've made a mistake here Would they allow a I miscarriage of justice Not to take place? I don't think so I don't think so I don't know for sure I would... <laughs> And I'm second guessing here This is not I obviously don't make these rules Hugh Keevans oh. But if, if you take a, a step back And we all know Daniel Kandias has been very hard Done to on this yeah. Particular occasion The problem would be How many times do you get a red card For two bookings And you always hear The accusation oh, You know one of them was so soft Can you imagine We then opened up a process Where we were able To, to try and take all of those bookings away I, I think it would probably be a can of worms And that's why they don't do it Listen, Like I say, not my not Willie, my call Willie may be as adamant tonight At 38 minutes past 6 As he was on Saturday That it's a yellow card You know, as adamant as I am That I think Daniel Kinde is meant to shoot at goal <laughs> Here he goes again Unbelievable Tommy, you want to come back in? I, uh, I hear what you're saying about it. You hear, you hear like yellow cards being soft But this yellow card was non-existent because nothing happened. Yeah. Well, Candace done nothing to merit even getting a yellow card. Well, I could see the sense of it was a tackle, and maybe people have got different opinions and tackles and stuff like that. But that, the guy done absolutely nothing. All the guy done was get grabbed round the throat and strangled and punched in the face afterwards. Well, you know that's a very graphic description. I don't know about strangulation, but uh, I did. I did see the slight upturn from uh, Anton Ferdinand, which uh, jutted. Daniel Candace's head back Listen If there's no room For appeal And it is possible To upgrade yellow to red But not to downgrade yellow To no thanks Then It's a miscarriage of justice And there appears to be No way around it Hugh one of the things That you can take away from this Even if it stands And the decision stands He misses the game Which is probably going to be the case 
if you're reflecting back and you're looking to maybe uh, have a review of the rules going forward next season, this is something that may well go on the table because of terms of fairness. You know, you look at upgrading, you might think, okay, we'll have a look at these uh, another way. If you get two yellows, you might actually look at them. I just can't believe we spent a few months going over the complexities of our disciplinary process and you want to make it even more difficult. <laughs> well, but, but well, what some of that's going to be for us as we in try In terms and, of fairness, I'm Gordon. Gonna, I'm just winding you up. 01419511025 is the number you need. Twitter is at Clyde SSB. We're going to hear from... St Mirren Chief Exec Tony Fitzpatrick And Neil Doncaster On the coin throwing At the weekend That's after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Evans and Alex Ray Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We've been looking back On the weekend's football That hammering uh, That Hearts got at Celtic Park And Rangers win at St Mirren So keep the calls coming On those topics At Clyde SSB on Twitter As well A huge disappointing Again Obviously To see uh, another coin thrown yeah. at the weekend Alfredo Morelos um, Hit by it celebrating the goal And St Mirren Chief Exec Tony Fitzpatrick says They will find and ban the supporter uh, Who was responsible Fitzpatrick says the actions of certain individuals Won't be tolerated at the club And says police will deal with the matter So um, yeah, well, in fact let's just hear what he had to say first The update I can give is uh, Is getting dealt with it The police, it's a police matter now So that tells you we have dealt with it as well Um and these young girls, boys, whoever's done that, lad, it could be a, a man, you know, it could be an elderly man, who knows? But the cameras now, we've got CCTV all over the place, they're not going to get away with this. And the sad fact is, it was a fantastic game of football, there's nearly 7,000 people here, and you get one or two idiots, I'll call them, because, uh, no. There was an incident with our goalkeeper as well, Sammy. The coin was thrown at him and Danny Mullen. So I could go on, but I don't want to give them the time of day because the one thing is we'll find out who they are and they'll never get into this ground again. My sympathies lie entirely with the football clubs, whether it's Hearts midweek uh, with the new Lennon incident uh, and also the Bobby's Lamal incident at the, uh, the Hibs end of the ground, uh, the Alfredo Morelos incident. Why should St Mirren be punished for uh, one random dimwit? Uh, and why should Hearts be punished? Because uh, a Hibs fan decides to punch Bobby's Lamal and a halfwit decides to throw a coin at Neil Lennon. Uh, I think, as Tony said there, it's a police matter. And the police are, I am glad to say, being vigilant with this stuff because... The bottle thrower at Tynecastle uh, a week past uh, on Sunday. Well, Murrayfield, that would have been Murrayfield. Wasn't it? I beg your pardon. The bottle thrower there has uh, been found, and he will face the consequences. Uh, and the person who allegedly punched Bobby Slamal has also been arrested. So the police are doing their job on this, and will continue to do so. But I don't think. That strict liability Fining clubs for this sort of thing Is going to eradicate mm. it How can the clubs legislate In crowds of Nearly 20,000 for the Edinburgh Derby uh, How are you supposed to legislate For two people doing what happened there What's your take on this Daniel And the Gorbals Hi there uh, How are you doing Hugh, Alex and Gordon Good. Hi there uh, I, It's 
funny because I'm actually going to totally agree with you here. Uh, I was reading an article by a uh, former referee, Steve Conroy, and he was suggesting that the clubs of the fans in question, uh, clubs of the fans in question, should be sanctioned. And there's a lot of other people that are saying that as well. But I mean, they're suggesting that clubs, as you say, should be fined or that games should be played behind closed doors. But personally, I believe this is it's just poorly, poorly thought out. Guys, we can't punish those who pay their money and behave within the law for the actions of these idiots. It's the equivalent of saying that like, an entire pub should be shut down for a weekend because someone threw a punch. It's just not reasonable. It's the, the, the individual who threw the coin is the one who broke the law. They're the ones that should be punished, not innocent bystanders. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and we seem to think, I know that everyone is well-meaning in this regard, but we seem to think, let's ban the supporter for life and that will change everything. No, it won't. You've isolated one of them and you banned him for life, although how you enforce that ban, I do not know. He could walk into any ground anywhere else in the country undetected. But Well, I mean, there are... I don't think we've got long enough to explain all this, but there are ways you have to turn up at police stations at three o'clock on a Saturday yeah. and all the rest of it. That tends to cover off more of the home games. Like I say, that's probably a conversation for another day. But Gordon, OK, you've isolated one man and you've taken him out of the equation. Several of his pals... That might do it at a later date further down the line Because this thing has become copycat for me People are thinking now Every time there's a game played uh, There's the possibility of hitting someone with a coin And it's not enough to blame the individual clubs And it's not enough even to blame the SPFL Who are, are traditionally the whipping boys for everything Because for me it's a legal matter It is a crime it is mm-hmm. something that the police should be dealing with. It's common assault. It's their job and they're doing it well. Alex, because I suppose there is also a school of thought and you don't have to agree. It might put some people off, but if you are daft enough to think that that is an okay way to behave, you probably don't really care if your club gets fined or or whatever the punishment is. Gordon, it's very difficult to, to think what these guys are actually going through their head. That's first and foremost. For me, I've said this uh, for, for the weekend. This has not just happened in the last couple of weeks. This has been going on for months and years as well because I've actually had it myself where I've been stuck with myself. I was doing a bit for BT last year as well and getting scudded throughout the whole game. Sure, seriously, yeah. I know you're laughing there, but you're like thinking, come on, get a grip. We're actually here to watch a game and give a professional outlook. And I said at the weekend, if you gave a zero tolerance in a mandatory term of maybe three months, and that was it. You would think twice about thinking, yeah. oh God, because if you're working and employed or you have responsibilities home, then that all comes into a factor. But if you're getting banned or maybe you might get away with it. But the the, the, the fact of a prison uh, term for me would be really, they would have to start thinking one about of the, it. One of the people I like taken in, uh, arrested by police for one of the incidents, I won't, I won't specify which one because these will be live legal matters, but one of the people taken in by police over the last week 26 years old Now You know you can go on about Daft young boys Or daft young girls 26 years of age <laughs> Yeah we'll let Daniel get the final word on this Let's hear first also from Neil Doncaster He's been speaking today uh, And if you're wondering You know what are the SPFL doing about this He says that plans were put in place last season uh, To try and stamp out this sort of thing uh, He says that uh, you know, they basically try to improve all the CCTV or, or make sure that clubs have a suitable level of CCTV. And he says that that played a part in making an arrest at Tynecastle last week and is also delighted at how cooperative uh, the clubs have been. So uh, let's hear from 
him as well If I could just find it That would help wouldn't it There he is Neil Doncaster It's extremely disappointing That a number of incidents Like that Have happened In, in recent times Clearly I think Throwing any object But particularly you know, Coins They have the potential To do real harm you know, Last season We initiated An audit Of CCTV systems In all of the grounds In the Labrooks Premiership That audit is ongoing But already we've seen At least one club invest In upgraded CCTV As a result And in fact That kit facilitated The arrest Of someone last week At the Hearts-Hibs game We think that Certainly CCTV plays an important part in helping to identify this sort of behaviour and, and the people behind it where it does occur. It has no place in the game whatsoever. We're very pleased that the clubs have been so receptive to having this audit, uh, understanding where CCTV can be improved. Uh, certainly we're keen to see as much action as possible being taken by clubs and the, uh, the, the police to deal with people who, who engage in this sort of activity. So it's something that I'll be able to talk at more length on uh, in due course, but that's probably it for today. Uh, Daniel, final word to you. I, uh, it's just, I think my personal opinion is that if people know that they're definitely going to get caught, they're not going to do this. I think the clubs need to. I mean, there might be some people that do it, but you can't, you can't kind of protect for everyone. I think the clubs need to work with the police. They need to educate everyone there and let them know that if if they if they assault someone, they're, they're going to go to jail. I mean, Hugh Keevans, and part of the, not part of the problem. We create distractions for ourselves in this part of the world Because sometimes we worry about who who did it, which club was it And that means that they're worse than us And, and what about them over there and you've not uh-huh. mentioned this Why are you not talking about this one? That's missing the point As soon as you do that, you've missed the point on how to try and stamp it out I mean, we had an incident at Falkirk Dunfermline in yeah. October The arrest has been made there um, You know, So the, this is happening across yeah. the board So Yeah, exactly So it's not this part of the world You know, there are certain things that go on in the west of Scotland That I think can only go on in the west of Scotland But what's happening now The anti-social behaviour is widespread And for me, society's misfits Throw coins, throw bottles, throw punches Therefore society should deal with society's misfits Let's finish by saying though We do acknowledge it is an absolute minority And most of us go to games, enjoy ourselves And that's why we love the game Correct Good stuff Alright, I think it's time for this Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL latest Every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday what a way to kick off the week Come on here, take on Hugh Keevans or Alex Ray And potentially win yourself a sign ball If you've got the footballing knowledge It's time for Beat the Pundit If you want to play You need to give us a call very quickly 0141 951 1025 And you only have until the news at 7 o'clock If you do want to play tonight's Beat the Pundit Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Win the compensation you deserve Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Evans and Alex Ray Are here with me Gordon Duncan And tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We've been looking back And all the big talking points From the weekend Celtic's performance at home Rangers winning in Paisley That's sending off for Daniel Kandias And the coin throwing incidents as well You can still keep your opinions Coming on those topics and uh, stay tuned because later on this hour We're going to give you the chance to win tickets uh, To the Star Sixes Coming to the SSE Hydro But before we do that Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL latest Every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday It's time for tonight's Beat the Pundit Hugh and Alex are both standing by One of them 
is going to be up against Frank from Springburn. How are you tonight, Frank? How are we doing, guys? All good. Confident? You've been studying hard all weekend? No, I have not. No, yeah, I'm not right. buy the papers anymore. Neither should either. To be fair, he'll just be guessing. So you should. You're in good company. Uh, I'll toss the coin. See if you're up against Hugh or Alex. Heads, it's Hugh. Tails, it's Alex. And it's heads. Hugh Keevans. All right, Frank. Did you win your last outing? I did. I beat Hugh. Oh, you've been on oh, before, Frank, right. and beat you. It's a rematch. Fantastic. Oh, yeah, I beat him four two. I've just seen him grit his teeth and his uh, fists are tense. Yeah. Oh. Great. Okay, well, I'll give Hugh some Clyde two in his ear so that he doesn't know what you're saying, Frank. Uh, and we'll get the clock up and running You've played before But just in case you can't remember 30 seconds Head to head You can pass Here's your chance to beat the pundit You ready? On you go Who opened the scoring for Rangers Against St Mirren? Candice uh, Tommy Doherty was manager of which English team Between 72 and 77? Man United How many Scottish Cups in a row Have Hibs women's team won? Three David Moyes played for Celtic Dunfermline And which other Scottish team? How many points separate Hearts and Celtic in the Premiership? One. At which Scottish stadium would you find the Norrie McCarthy stand? The Okay. Right, let's bring Hugh Keevans back. Are you with us, Hugh? I am. You are. Right, same set of questions to you. Get the clock up and running. You ready? Okay. Who opened the scoring for Rangers against St Mirren? Ken Dias. Tommy Doherty was the manager of which English team between 72 and 77? Chelsea. How many Scottish Cups in a row have Hibs ladies team won? Six David Moyes played for Celtic, Dunfermline and which other Scottish team? Pass How many points separate Hearts and Celtic in the Premiership? One At which Scottish stadium would you find the Norrie McCarthy stand? Dunfermline And what is the nickname of Airdrionians? Diamonds Tell you what, that was a good battle Frank sounded like he knew his stuff I can see why he has been victorious yeah. against you in the past Let's go through them Alright, who opened the scoring for Rangers against St Mirren? Daniel Kandias, 1-0 Tommy Doherty, Hugh Keevans I'm amazed at you Was it United? Man United Oh. Uh, so Frank knew it Frank kept his cool when you lost yours So 2-1 to Frank How many Scottish Cups in a row have Hibs ladies team won? It's three Frank got that as well He oh. goes into a 3-1 lead David Moyes played for Celtic Dunfermline And which other Scottish team? Patrick Thistle It was the Ackies None of you got that So still 3-1 to Frank How many points separate Hearts and Celtic in the Premiership? It's 1-4-2 to Frank It then went 5-3 to Frank Because oh. you both knew uh, That Norrie McCarthy's stand Would be found at East End Park And Hugh Your last ditch Goal was not enough to save you The nickname of Airdrionians You went for the Diamonds Which means you get four But Frank was already out in front on five What an effort that was Well done Frank Thank you Good man A nine point thriller The sign Two nothing Two nothing to Frank (laughs) The sign ball is on its way He's got I think he's going to need to build a cabin At Hugh Keevans Yeah well And you're going on it next If he beats you again He gets to keep you I, I, I will, I'll be over at the house Frank Your wife will be delighted <laughs> Well done That was Frank and Springburn Your chance to win On Beat the Pundit Tomorrow night And like I say uh, Stay tuned Because um, we're going to give you The chance to win Up to six tickets To go to the Star Sixes A bit later on this hour As well um, Right In the meantime Did you know Hugh Keevans um, That the Premiership sponsor Ladbrokes And you know Along with SPFL Have today uh, Launched a, a Responsible Gambling Initiative mm. to, to try and uh, help those affected through football. We know that we're clearly exposed to these things a lot. They're going to uh, look to get the messages out there, whether it's at, at grounds, 
um, and basically use football as a vehicle to, to yeah. try and help what is an issue to so many people. Let's hear from John Hartson on the topic. He's hoping that people can follow in his footsteps and basically escape their gambling problems the way that he has. He's now seven years without placing a bet. Uh, and he hopes that more awareness at football matches can help people through their dark times. So um, let's hear a bit from the former Celtic striker. So for me, it was difficult because I became an addict. And that's when I, I needed to do something about my life. And um, I've worked hard over the last seven years to to be abstinent from, from gambling, uh, which I am. Um, my family are very proud of that fact, but that was my own personal choice. I am not here to tell people today to stop gambling. That wouldn't work. That really, really wouldn't work because, as I said, not everybody who gambles. But if they are gambling irresponsibly, our message is this launch to, you know, to, to get your house in order, to get things in place. Some people might not listen. Some people don't want to stop. We can't physically do anything about that. But what we are trying to do is put the message out there strongly that it's important to gamble responsibly. People don't want to listen. There's nothing we can do. We're not magicians up here. We're just a company that, um, that try and do their best to promote gamble responsibly. We can't do any more than what we are doing. That's like I say, Hugh Ladbrokes launching this initiative. Um, they're going to be trying to get messages out there at grounds and, and using players as well, of course. Um, I know that football's relationship with gambling is an uncomfortable one. Yeah. Therefore, surely anything that we can all do and get, and get together and, and help is a, is a positive. Well, as John said there, you know, if you don't want to take the advice, don't bother and go on. But at least everyone has made an attempt to make you realise that irresponsible gambling can have serious consequences. I could be flippant. I could say I am not troubled by gambling at all. Why on earth would I gamble given that I am such a bad tipster? But it is serious uh, I'm standing beside a man who's had issues with it in the past himself I commend anyone uh, like John Hartson Who comes out and admits to failings of the past And how they have conquered them I mean people might be sitting saying Alex Well you know, what are they going to do though? How are they actually going to help? And that, that is a difficult one I don't think anyone would shy away from that But the Backing Responsible Gambling Campaign Is basically going to see badges worn on the shirts From I think it's next season um, You know adverts in all the match programmes Dedicated boards around the side uh, Just trying to, 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 to get it in people's minds Raise awareness Different sort of, of slogans and so on um, to, to basically back re- responsible gambling I know it's a Topic that's close yeah. to your heart How important is it we try and do something? Well listen, I think if you go back to when I was a boy Maybe 30 years ago, Gordon was starting out in the game and There was nothing like this There was nothing like the awareness The fact is you've got guys like John Who have been over the course and distance seven years I, I, Like you said earlier on I think I'm roughly about 17 years before uh, Since I last had a bet uh, But it was... It, it's the impact it has on the individual here oh. You know, it, it, I remember going into the bookies when I was about a 17 year old On a Friday afternoon With my, my good pal Davey Farrell And I'd done Five weeks wages In one afternoon Five weeks wages Five weeks wages In one afternoon Now the, the physical uh, Side of it I was Clearly down um, I had uh, You know The whole day The whole night Was uh, extremely bad And then I had to go and perform The next day And it was still very much lingering Because I'd tried to save up for Ages to try and kind of accumulate some money, and I'd done it all in one day. And it took me years to actually get to the top of the bottom of this. 
And it's interesting, I was actually, and this is a kind of jovial side, I was playing uh, golf with my pal, uh, it would have been probably a couple of, a year and a half ago, and he says to me, right, what are we playing for? And I said, you know I don't gamble. And he said to me, he said, well, right, we'll need to think of something because we're not playing for nothing. And he says to me, Celtic were playing Aberdeen later on that afternoon, he says to me, whoever uh, wins around the golf, chooses, that's the bet. <laughs> and I says, right, okay, that's nothing too severe, is it, Hugh? Uh. So anyway, he beat me at golf and I spent the afternoon in Jinky's Bar at the top of Albufera <laughs> Strip with about 40 Celtic fans. It was the worst effort. <laughs> so if that's not enough to put up gambling, then nothing is. On, on a serious note then, what what was the sort of the lowest point then that makes you think you know, this this can't go on well listen I've often told you about a, a card debt that we had on the bus at Sunderland me and another fella rode a, a couple of guys £15,000 so you look at that and you think to yourself come on and and see just to give you a flavour of that it was to get paid over the course of a season so um, but we could actually go on the bus for a 30 minute hotel from the hotel you go into a game oh. on a Saturday and you could lose four or £500 so you're in your mind and the frame of mind in which that is actually bringing you to you're thinking to yourself I need to win this game today to pay these guys uh-huh. uh, so I think it's a brilliant initiative that Ladbrokes are bringing they're also going to do like uh, kind of road shows for guys who have may well have issues they go in and start discussing things how do you go about getting help I think it's really good that they're actually bringing this to the table and as a sponsor of our game they have to be responsible you know it can't be just a gambling and I think they're probably the front runners in trying to uh, to do something about it And I think it's great And it's just about Trying to put the message out there And I mean This is not all about Footballers Gambling I don't want to, to Sort of confuse the issue We're hearing from John Hartson We're hearing from Alex Ray These are high profile guys Who hopefully can use Their experience To help the man Or woman On the street Who has, who has that same Addiction Yeah I mean I'm old enough To remember Gordon When gambling was illegal In this country you know, when uh, betting shops were uh, raided by the police And uh, men were taken out single file into the Black Mariah, as it was called uh, So, you know, I, I do understand that great efforts have been made To make gambling a pleasurable experience You don't have to, as gambling men and women are wont to say Do your brains in yeah. You can enjoy an aspect of gambling But There are people Unfortunately Whether it's Alcohol Drugs Gambling Who take it to excess And It creates all sorts of Harmful consequences For their families So Anything that is done To correct those Who have taken it too far Is to be welcomed Alex how And there, there may Be people Listening and, and sort of recognising Some of the How do you become aware that, that it's a I think a problem That's out of control Well listen It's usually The the people around about you Are usually the ones That are actually telling you You're like a, a family member Your wife Your husband Way well uh, You're borrowing money Off your friends So then the, the, I think deep down You know you've got a problem Gordon Because the effect It has on you You know it's not A natural effect That you come back For the bookies And you're like Demented You're some, There's people That are suicidal And the whole aspect of it And that's really Chronic gambling So at that stage uh, I know that denial is a big part of addiction But a lot of people who are in that thing We may well just be looking for some sort of sanction uh, You know, so where, the, so where they can go Sanctuary rather, where they can go And uh, get some support And I think Ladbrokes are going to do that And I think guys like John and that are going to be part of that So if they can go and touch base Just get an understanding First and foremost to see where the help mm. is You know, you've got Gamblers Anonymous 
it's a great organisation that people actually support you and talk you through it, help you. Uh, which is paramount for guys that are in trouble Because I mean it's all relative uh, You know some people might think You know I don't even I don't have enough money to get in the 15 grand of debt That you mentioned about playing cards But, but it's all relative That that, that to, to you is the same as a smaller amount to, to someone else Yeah but Gordon when I was saying about the 5 weeks wages It was buttons Because I was only 17 at the time And it was all relative back then You know you're on 60 or 70 pound a week uh, So um I think uh, you know when you actually starting to it becomes problematic. You can't stop. You're doing it on a daily basis, and it's affecting people around about you. Your job. You're, you're borrowing money. You're getting in debt. So these are all kind of key factors you would look at. And you you know uh, you would identify that, and then maybe say to yourself, right, okay, how do I go about changing this? And I think by doing that, the Ladbrokes Initiative how, may well help them. How did you go about making those changes then? Well, I was it's common knowledge. I went into uh, the Priory to. to, to <laughs> To uh, try and address uh, alcohol So once I went in there I started getting understanding Behaviours and things and, and one thing took after another So I managed to get a grip of that And then obviously Moved on to the gambling And uh, from there uh, As I said It's been a long time Since I've had uh, either substance You can have a, You know Childhood recollections My granny Gambled every day Every day But it was For younger listeners A tanner uh was two and a half You've pence. lost me You've lost me Two and a half pence Yeah She was gambling in tanners uh, And you know Had favourite jockeys And all the rest of it That was just A little bit of fun But Many many years later uh, It's not funny For families If they have A loved one Who is addicted And as John Hartson said No one is preaching No one is demanding That you do this Or the other they're simply saying there is a way out of this and if you want to take it, be our guest. 01419511025 if you've got anything to add. Ryan is in Pollock. What's on your mind tonight, Ryan? Hi, panel. How are we doing? Okay. Good, thanks. Good. Uh, just about the the gambling and on how the the clubs have the gambling stalls inside the stadium. Mm-hmm. Of The clubs are realistically want gambling and want it to stop and why don't they take the gambling stalls out of the, of the clubs, out the stadiums and the half-time announcements? Why don't they stop stuff like that? Uh, again, it's a, fair, it's a fair question, Hugh, because I know some people would say, like I mentioned at the start, football has a very complex relationship with gambling company. I mean, Labrooks sponsor our league, but, but yeah. that's why they're trying to... To sort of do something about it you, ha- you can't watch a live television game Without various odds popping up at half time and so on yeah. So I suppose the distinction that has to be made Is no one's trying to stop gambling They're yeah. just trying to stop it irresponsibly you can, Correct You know If you drink too much Does that mean your local pub has to shut Because they serve you You know Because they're there to cater for people Who, who want to drink responsibly uh, if you gamble too much Does that mean that Ladbrokes or anyone else Has to close down the, the betting shops Inside the football grounds They're trying to cater for The majority Who who like a wager On the football uh, So it, It's a question of excess If you are an excessive drinker Or a gambler Then Okay People are trying to help you But that doesn't mean to say that All the pubs have to close And all the betting shops have to close I'm a bit short on time Let me just try and squeeze in another one on this Sorry that was so short Ryan But I want to get James's thoughts also Before we need to move on James Ah yeah um, I was just listening there Obviously listening to Alex Talking about um, The things he's been through I just think it's really important And I just want to commend Talking about it Because it's really important 
maybe even if somebody's sitting listening to the show right now and heard that story, they can relate it to themselves. I mean, I've been through similar things myself where I've lost maybe a thousand pounds in a day. And mentally, as Alex said, it mm-hmm. absolutely kills you, you know. I mean, there's, but when I used to, I mean, I've not gambled for four years, but when I did, the best part of my day was going, going to my bed because you can then go to sleep and forget about it. So just these, these things that you're touching on, and I think you had it in the head as well five minutes ago when he said, you know, like, can I, gambling's different from like kind of alcohol and drugs, people. You know, it's, it's as if people see it differently, but to me, it's an illness. Mm-hmm. And we've got to deal with it in the same way we deal with kind of with alcohol and, and drugs as well. But I just want to commend Alex. As I say, if somebody's listening, they can actually take that story. It's really good. What, what was the, the tipping point f- for you, James, then? You, you mentioned it's been four years and well done to you. What's the What was the, the final straw, if you like? Uh, to be honest with you, sometimes you've just got to talk to somebody. <laughs> I went four years and I never told a... Anybody, I lived myself in my own flat, so there was nobody really keeping an eye on me, to be you. But sometimes it's just good to just say to somebody, look, I'm going through this. And that was the day I stopped gambling. As soon as it was my mum, to be honest with you, I told her that I stopped. So, sorry, I'm actually a bit emotional talking about um, But I told her, I actually, it just stopped. As soon as you tell somebody, it just kind of gets the weight off your shoulders. That's it, James. You know, you've understood the implications Behind what you were doing uh, And a conversation A simple conversation with your mother And it altered your life And that's what Ladbrokes are trying to Do at the moment They're just trying to give Not you because you've succeeded They're trying to give others who have that problem An access To a road that takes them away from the problem Is that the the key Alex As, as James mentioned? Yeah, listen, it's, it's, it's paramount. Um, and it's interesting when, when, he, when he speaks about the isolation, when you have done your thinking, you, um, the mindset, that's the, you know, because you can home at your house, you have no food, mm. you know, you've not got, you know, you've not got any money to spend, you've been working your socks off to pay it, and it's the actual mindset, it's a, it's a kind of torment. And for me, that was the t- turning point for me when I had to have ad- address this. And, and James is right, you know, and it's about getting. In touch with someone I say there's a great organisation uh, Gamblers Anonymous In which they support brilliantly uh, And and But you know I think as I said earlier on I think Ladbrokes are going to do some Like uh, road trips You know where you can pop in or Road people, shows Road shows are, You know and, and Places where you can actually Tap into it And get that support And that's the key thing mm. for me Well done James Four years is brilliant Yep James listen That was brave of you to phone in We appreciate you sharing your story Um, you, Brendan's on Twitter as well Seeing brilliant call So well done James You take care Laura, thanks very much, guys. Good man. That was James from Greenock. Um, right, we have been discussing the Star Sixes, Hugh Keevens. Remember yeah. this? You liked watching that in the telly last year, Listen, didn't you? You put me right in trouble with this. Why? Because my wife heard the adverts yesterday as we were driving with the two rascals to Loch Lomond. No, no. And she wants to go. My what? wife My wife wants to go It's a date you, Well listen Here's the deal You could win up to six tickets For the Star Sixes At the SSE Hydro In January uh, You know various legends Of the game coming Right to our city Showing if they've still got it Scotland have got a team England Northern Ireland uh, Republic of Ireland Wales There's a rest of the world team as well And Hugh Keevens is going to be there So it can be a date Your chance to win up to six tickets Is now 0141 951 1025 You come on Play a little bit of a game with us and you could walk away with up to six tickets for the Star Sixes. 0141 951 1025. Do it quick. You only have until the end of this break. 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Clyde One and Gigs in Scotland presents Busted, the Halfway There UK Tour. See them at the SSE Hydro on Saturday, 23rd March. Get your tickets now at allowed.com. Busted, live in Glasgow with Clyde One and Gigs in Scotland. A slip at work, a trip on the street. A bump in the car. It's Hugh Evans and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We will continue our look back on the big talking points from the weekend very soon indeed. So keep the calls coming on that. 01419511025 on Twitter. We are at Clyde SSB. Now you two uh-huh. will be delighted to hear no full time teaser tonight. Oh, we were on a roll as well, Hugh. Because a reprieve from the governor. We're going to do this instead. Win VIP tickets for Star Sixes SSE Hydro 4th to 6th of January Right, I didn't want it to be competition overload on the show this week So we're not going to do the full-time teaser We will, though, however, give you the chance To win up to six VIP, no less, tickets To the Star Sixes at the SSE Hydro this January Scotland are going to be there England, Northern Ireland, Republic of Ireland Wales, there's a rest of the world team Some proper Impressive CVs on show Hugh Keevans oh. And your wife even wants to go along as well Well she's a VIP You'll need to phone up on one of your nights off And try and win the tickets uh, Right so here's the way it's going to work You get to come on here And then I'm afraid It's over to us You pick Hugh Keevans or Alex Ray To represent you Whichever one you think gives you the best chance And they are going to be responsible For trying to lip read Yes lip read mm-hmm. As I announce some names Past and present Famous footballer Hugh Keevans Are you uh, following that? Yes, You're going to have some Clay yes. 2 in your ear We'll just play along And you'll get the gist As we go Contestant tonight Is Eugene From Coat Bridge How are you Eugene? I'm very well thank you Good stuff Well do you know what Eugene I've kept it a secret To be honest But just for coming on We're, we're going to give you Two tickets Straight away oh, Right Thank you Happy days So you've thank got you. two tickets yes. For you and whoever it may be That you want to take along But on top of that There's a chance for you To win another four Happy with that? Okay so here's what's going to happen yep. You're going to pick either Hugh Evans or Alex Ray to represent you I'm going to give them some loud music in their ears And they're going to have to lip read Eugene As I explain or try and tell them the names of some famous footballers Who do you think is going to give you the best chance Hugh Evans or Alex Ray? Well I'm of the same vintage as Hugh Evans, So I'll go with you Ageist Okay that's fine You mad yeah, fool absolutely. Eugene <laughs> He's got his glass Get those glasses clean to you Because you're going to have to lip read here Right let me give Hugh some Clyde 2 in his ears So that he doesn't know what we are saying And when I give him the thumbs up We'll be ready to go You should see the way he's looking at me right now Because he doesn't know that I'm not started yet So he's trying to He's trying to examine every word that's coming out of my mouth Don't worry I will give you the 30 seconds Right here we go Ready And the thing is you're going to be able to hear me as well And Hugh can't It's magnificent Okay Alfredo Morelos Yusef Malumbu <laughs> Alfredo Morelos Morelos Try that again Alfredo Morelos I'm not <laughs> Alfredo Morelos <laughs> This is horrendous, he's terrible Is it Odds and Edward? No Morelos Morelos 
Oh, he's let you down, Eugene. He's had an absolute oh. mare. You've got the two tickets, nevertheless. That's great. Hugh Keaton, it was Alfredo Morelos. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he was hopeless. I was trying my best to, to, to. Anyway, Eugene, you've won the two tickets. Good man. Go and enjoy yourself. That's great. Okay, thanks very much. Take right, care. Good luck, mate. There we go. Hopefully, tomorrow night's pundit is a bit <laughs> better that's much, reading. That's much harder than you think. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Do you know what? I, I, I dread to think of anyone who just turned the radio on. And didn't know what was going on there As I'm just shouting over and over Alfredo Morelos And as Hugh Keevans is just sort of repeating nonsense Back at me But that's the beauty of it Eugene already won the two tickets And you'll have your chance to do it tomorrow night Alfredo Morelos Got it now? See, it's that beard of yours If you get a proper shave Then I could see what your lips were doing Sound like my mother, honestly Right, okay 01419511025 Let's talk football Uh, We had a game yesterday, of course, Hugh Keevans A big one at Rugby Park Kilmarnock are phenomenal, generally But somehow, Aberdeen have just got the measure of them Well, how much do do Aberdeen owe young Lewis Ferguson? You know, he scores the goal that eliminates Rangers from the Betfred Cup and for his next trick, he scores the goal that brings Aberdeen back and gets them three points at Rugby Park. They didn't play well, certainly not in the first half. They brought on Stevie May for the second half. Uh, they were still toiling a bit, but again, Bruce Anderson comes on and does what Bruce Anderson does. And he nicks a goal and then Lewis Ferguson, who is just Aberdeen's main man at the moment. So big three points for Derek McInnes, big disappointment for Stevie Clark. Yeah, I have to say, we were talking about young Ferguson last week, uh, Hugh. It was a good enough strike yesterday, but I have to say, I thought Jamie McDonald and the commander goal would be disappointed mm. that he doesn't cover that side. You know, he just got caught up behind the wall. And I think he couldn't see the ball because Aberdeen had a couple of guys in uh, within the wall. But uh, it's a big three points for Aberdeen their own. Yeah. They're just grinding out results, you know. And so I think they've got Hibs this coming Friday. You know, the cup finally come against Celtic. And when they were one down at half time and playing so poorly, you're thinking to yourself, if this goes on in this fashion and Aberdeen started the day 8th in the league table you know even a good manager like Derek McInnes is going to have a job lifting morale for a, a cup final against Celtic given the form that Celtic are in at the moment but they toughed it out 01419511025 on the phones Paul is a Celtic fan in Kirk and Tillich wants to talk about Craig Levine at the weekend Paul hey, Hi Hi Alec Hi you. Hi Paul uh, my call tonight is uh, obviously I was at the game Saturday. Brilliant, brilliant atmosphere. Uh, three o'clock kick off on Saturday under the lights. It was fantastic. Uh, Celtic put in a, a sterling performance and really hearts go off lightly, I think. Uh, Ten, nothing would have been closer to the scoreline. It could have been if they taken all the chances. Uh, my, my issue is with uh, Craig Levine. And oh, it's not so much an issue. I mean, I get it that he's. He, I don't think he should be praising other football teams. I totally get that, and he obviously uh, he really has got a bit of a gripe with, with Celtic. But I find it bizarre his interviews. Where I don't know if he thinks. I don't know if he thinks he's pulling the wool over in his eyes. I don't know. Uh, I get it. He doesn't want to admit Celtic done better, right? And he's coming out with the, the stuff that it was his fault. Which, if you buy that, I don't think you're. Uh, of saying mind but what the problem that I do have as well is uh, the whole coin throwing incident that happened uh, against Neil Lennon now I've listened to tonight about uh, Alfredo Morelos going to help me a coin and the St Martin chairman came out heard him earlier on and criticised it mm. now at no point 
did Craig Levine uh, say that what happened at uh, uh, Castle, it shouldn't have happened, nobody should get hurt with a coin. What he was saying was, I, I tend to distance myself from it, you know. Now, it doesn't matter what football team it is, what job you're doing, he's the kind of figurehead for the club. He should morally be saying, it's not right. You shouldn't go to your work and you shouldn't be abused. You shouldn't be struck with coins. You, you shouldn't. That shouldn't happen. But it won't do it. And right. I think let's, it's terrible let's, if, let's, if somebody listening, if there's young Hearts fans listening, or young people listening, well, let's, that guy will not criticise. Right, you've, you've covered a lot of ground there, Paul. Let's, let's try and take it piece by piece. First of all, I think you've cherry-picked Craig Levine's interview after the Hibs game because he did say he got a fright when he saw Neil Lennon fall to the ground and he does go over. Television clearly shows him going over to make sure that Neil Lennon's yeah, okay. Paul, I think it's only fair we do remind you exactly of what Craig Levine says. So he says yeah, that they will get dealt with. I just think it's abhorrent. I don't mind people being committed fans who are aggressive, but throwing things isn't on. Um, a stadium's fantastic, blah, blah, blah. I'm disappointed it happened and I got a fright when I saw Lenny lying on the ground. There's no place for that. So I wonder if you've been a wee bit harsh on that one. I don't think I have been harsh uh, because it, it, it doesn't just, uh, it doesn't come out and just say it. What, well, what he, he did, did say it. was that uh, he tried to play it down and say, I mean, worse things have happened. No, yeah, worse no, things no, have no, happened no, no, when it was no, a I, again. No, I think you're being unfair. You're now just being unfair. You've cherry-picked bits of his conversation. He does use the word abhorrent in his answer. He does say he got a fright when he saw Neil Lennon lying there. He did go over to inquire about Neil Lennon's health at the time. So, in that instance, you're unfair. When we get to the, the Celtic Hearts Betfred Cup semi-final game, he did say after the game that he thought that Celtic were running out of ideas just at the point when Celtic then ran over the top of Hearts. So he was wrong in that instance And that's why I think To get to Celtic Park on Saturday He was using reverse psychology He thought to himself Two games against Celtic Back to back We've lost 8 nothing on aggregate And as you said yourself It could have been much worse It certainly could have been much worse at Murrayfield And also at Celtic Park So he's come in and thought I'll just take the heat off my players By saying it's all my fault because the truth of the matter is Celtic have comprehensively beaten Hearts In a cup game and then a league game So I'm not sure that he was trying to deflect away from The brilliance of Celtic's performance As much as he was trying to take the heat off his players Who have been well and truly scalped by Celtic over two games Is that a technical term? Yes Scalped? Mm-hmm. See Alec used Used scudded earlier I on. I noticed that, 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 yep. And that's why I laughed. So I've, I've, I've decided to see his scudded and reason <laughs> scalped. Okay. No, listen, I, I think it's. Uh, listen, you're Paul, you also have to take it for Craig Levine's point of view. He's had such a tough time, and this is from the playing side of things. He has been battered, and, and, and listen, he's, his squad are depleted with the four main guys. I know Celtic have got some injuries as well, but it's his duty to try and take the dairy off his players. And a, what a I think that's what he was trying to do. Uh, I think if you look back at the game, you were at the game. I seen the highlights; they were getting absolutely murdered down the sides. And I think for me, he came out and says, "Oh, I got that wrong," and with tactics. But I think he should recognise that throughout that first half and try and stop it because Tierney and Lustig going down the sides. The two wide guys for Celtic were coming in, 
And they were just getting overrun It was like red arrows And he never quite addressed that So I think the, the it was an excuse To say that he got it wrong Because they were tired mm-hmm. A living games into a season And you're tired Not, not in my career I never experienced that uh, Thank you to Paul in Kirkintill Just before we move on Hugh and Amidst all the You know the, the coin throwing And various incidents That have got us perhaps Feeling a bit down about our game Because we're always talking about how uh, there's so much to to celebrate about our game uh-huh. um, I think it's important to mention You may have seen this on Twitter earlier That Tony Watt, St Johnson striker yeah. Former Celtic striker uh, A few other clubs as well I won't list them all off um, But he has been auctioning off Some of his jerseys His strips that he's picked up over yeah. the years Opposition players Some They're all match worn Some of them are signed um, He's just been doing it off his own back Taking the time out of his life To, to do it on Twitter um, And has has agreed that he's going to give all the proceeds uh, to Cash for Kids, a charity yeah. that we know very well, yeah. um, and do some fantastic work. So I think it's important to, to praise Tony for a, a bit of selflessness that sometimes goes unrecognised. Yeah, well, I was talking to Tony on social media today and uh, praising him for what he's done because it, it's a small gesture to take some strips from your past, and he's also paid for them himself to be framed. But it's a small gesture with a big purpose in mind And that is to raise money for the most deserving of causes At this particular time the guy, of the year The guys at Proper Frame Displays are helping him out I think yeah. you've, you've just added a bit onto Tony's bill He's not quite He's not piping up the tap <laughs> for the frame <laughs> But the guys are helping him out I'm Don't sure they'll come to an accommodation <laughs> anyway, yeah, but that's I, a good I, thing for the framers as well, Gordon That they're actually taking up helping the out, exactly. Yeah, absolutely brilliant Listen, Ali, I know the power of these things Because Neil Lennon's agent gave me a jersey to uh, auction on behalf of the school The special needs school Where my daughter teaches Get a thousand pounds Alec Right away yeah. to, to send the kids on a holiday Thousand pounds right away For a framed jersey So well done Tony Watt Anyway we'll be helping Tony out As he goes through this uh, journey on Twitter You can check him out It's uh, at Tony underscore Watt 7 We're obviously at Clyde SSB And we'll be trying to raise as much money As possible in the coming weeks For the children right here That need it the most More football talk coming up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. They're delighted because they're off the hook. No full-time teaser this week. That's because we're giving you the chance to win up to six VIP tickets for the Star Sixes at the SSE Hydro every single night. Mick was on and said it. I was a bit... Worried when I heard you saying lip reading on the radio uh, But you've proven me wrong He says that was due to a bad combination Of my uh, bad attempts and Hugh Keevans Even worse attempts at could reading you, it Could you shave for Friday in case it's me again on Friday? Well, I'll see what I can do uh, Right anyway you'll have your chance to win those tickets tomorrow night So no full time teaser this week Plenty going on in a footballing sense Though Hugh we try and cover off all the talking points From the weekend on a Monday mm. We don't always get to them as quickly as we would like What else took your, your fancy That we haven't Noticed so far Well good for Tommy Wright Four wins in a row uh, And how much did he enjoy it Joe Shaughnessy's goal uh, Against Hibs at Easter Road uh, So big for them But uh, You fear for St Mirren and Dundee As Alex said on Saturday They've tailed off already uh, And we're 12 games into the season And they play each other This weekend I mean At Dens Park how big a game is that in terms of the, the psychology of the situation because it's a Midland and Dundee and the rest, Alec, are beginning to put clear blue water Yeah, for me, that's, them. that's the most important game of the weekend uh, in terms of 
importance uh, I think Motherwell had a really big one as well at the weekend Gordon when you consider they beat St Mirren midweek got the 1-0 against them gives them that little cushion at the moment they'll be looking to try and build on that uh, but I have to say both my old teams St Mirren and Dundee so I think as you rightly said psychological you will be wanting to win that yeah. you know mm. at some point something's got to give uh, because they have to try and start bridging you know that little gap up to, to third bottom uh, Like you say one of the winners from the weekend Motherwell Stephen Robinson was speaking about The, the blend of, of younger and older players In light of David Turnbull's winner I don't think I ever any doubt about his temperament he, He's so unfazed by things um, And sometimes when things aren't going well The younger boys are very unaffected by it The older boys worry a little bit more Because um, they've been part of it And they, they know the consequences So David's went in with freedom Played with freedom um, I thought him and Biggie Linked up really, really well today, but people have to remember the job Colin McHugh and Grimmy do in there as well. You know, that goes unnoticed and unseen. As a midfielder who liked to have a wee pop yes. from distance, Alex Ray, you'd have been happy with that one, wouldn't you? David Turnbull at Fur Park at the yep. weekend. Yeah, listen, that's two goals he's got in the last two games. Um, I actually love that. You, you often hear me saying this, you know, I say Ryan Kent, other players when they're coming in off the sides, midfielders breaking from middle to front. I just love to see players having a, a shot for distance, Hugh. It's a, it's a dying art. Oh. If, and if you look, uh, his last two goals Been really impressive It's just the, the strike It's so clean Gives the goalkeeper no chance But uh, it's good to see Young boys breaking through as well Turnbull looks a right good talent Yeah named in that Scotland under 20 squad Today as well Hugh the, the picture at the bottom As you say is A long long way to go oh. But but You're starting to see the teams That look capable of Doing something about it And there are a couple of others Who are struggling Well I Tried to put myself in the shoes Of the losing manager At Dens next Saturday and the players of the losing club Because you would then be thinking to yourself Whoa, we're, we're really in trouble here You need to be a very, very optimistic guy To take a defeat and think there's still hope So I feel for them I also feel for Gary Caldwell at Partick Thistle Three games in, three defeats They've got Inverness Cali Thistle This weekend uh, And it's, it's getting to the stage where they must They must Start to get a point or three from somewhere Because you, you can't go on Losing, losing, losing mm. well, Let's take another call 01419511025 Jerry is a Celtic fan on the line What's your take after the weekend, Jerry? Hi, good evening guys Hello Hi. Uh, Yeah, sorry, I've actually been watching sports scene now So I haven't even listened to the programme Unfortunately, I listen to it in the podcast oh. quite a lot But I watched it that, Jerry oh, Come on, Jerry <laughs> <laughs> I watched the entire sports scene programme there because um, I phoned Andy about 10 past six um, when you first came on. And um, I was really surprised at uh, the ferocity of, of Celtic. Um, and that's the way that we, we should have been playing for so long. Um, uh, my, my, re- my main point is about uh, Scott Brown now. We know that Rogers is a big, big fan of Scott Brown. And uh, I wonder if he's got the bottle to, to actually uh, not include him even when he's back fit. Because it, I think it would upset the equilibrium of of the Celtic midfield, um, um, and, and I think that if we have a if if we bring him back and things start to sort of you know pan out again, I think he slows. I think Michael Stewart and and Big Thompson are right. I think he slows Celtic down because too often you see him just popping the ball back to Boyata, gets the ball back, puts it out to Tierney again, and so on. Whereas McGregor never did that. And he was always looking forward. I think he should always move forward. Mm. And I think that will be the key uh, against Leipzig and Thursday night. Jerry, just, just wondering, wonder if, could it, just, just to, yep. to take it on at a stage, something we didn't really get to with the previous callers who made the point, how much though might 
Callum McGregor be benefiting from the guys in front of him playing better and playing more confidently than they were when it was Scott Brown in that situation a couple of months back? Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, um, Christie, I thought, wouldn't, wouldn't uh, I think as Gordon and uh, Mark on Thursday night were talking about, you know, who's he going to leave out, etc. But I thought Christie would go only, um, I think he would only be uh, kept if either Rogic or Armstrong was sold. And of course, one of them was sold. Um, it was only just in the last month or even three weeks that Christie has slightly gone ahead of Morgan because Morgan was coming on before him um, for all the previous games. Uh, Sinclair certainly has you know, he's upped his game kind of thing. And of course the problem is if Brown is um, brought back into the team whenever, whatever game that is, it doesn't look like it's going to be Leipzig but maybe the game after that. The question is, who will he leave out? Well, you use the word bottle, Jerry. I don't think it requires bottle on Brendan Rodgers' part. I think Brendan, like any other manager, is obliged to pick his best side. And if he has been as enthused by Callum McGregor in that role as the Celtic supporters have been, then he, like you, might think, I'm not going to touch this. Using the old phrase, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. But but we'll find out, Jerry. I think, on Thursday, to be fair to all concerned... Because Callum McGregor will have to step up a level Against a team from the Bundesliga And I think he's, at the moment The best player in the country, Callum McGregor But he's going to have to step up again For RB Leipzig As the Celtic defence will have to step up And, you know, the last two games 5-0, 5-0 It won't be like that against Leipzig So everyone That's has another to another famous Hugh Keevans prediction <laughs> Yeah uh, Everyone has to step up And, you know, We'll, f- we'll discuss it on Friday night here But if Callum McGregor steps up in a way that Helps Celtic to get a win over Leipzig Then it certainly does enhance his case But I mean there are different ways of looking at it If you take Until this run, if you like Celtic's yep. best performance this season Would have been the Rangers game at yep. home And following that performance We had so many callers talking about Just how good that midfield of Brown and Cham was And how they would be you know, so important to what Celtic wanted to do so how have we got away from that so quickly? Well listen, it's interesting because you know how much I like and Sham, I think he's a terrific player And I actually think the system change has actually helped Celtic You know, and obviously the personnel but does that only work in these types of games? Can that be replicated when you're up, so-called up against it? What, against your uh, European opponents? Absolutely, because the thing is, what they've done is Gordon It's almost, uh, from going from a two which is in Sham and Brown to uh, Rogic or uh, McGregor in that that f- advanced one, and then you have your your wingers, whether it be Forrest and Clare, Edward. It's now one, so it's now McGregor. So what I would probably suggest in terms of when it comes to the nitty gritty, it may well be Brown, Rogic and Sham, and then you have your Forrest, Sinclair, and Edward up top. But listen, what a what a kind of formation that Brendan's fallen on. You know, he's clearly thought right, okay, we we'll just go with the one instead of the two. And it's what a treat And listen All the callers are coming on now And going Oh Scott Brown slows it down But if you look at the last Two and a half years He hasn't done too bad uh, Thank you to Jerry in Erskine We are slowly but surely Running out of time Who would be the other winners And losers from the weekend Hugh What about the Ackies Because yeah. every single year People tip them to go down And there's a lot of negativity They go down to 10 men At the weekend Against one of the league's Informed sides in Livingston uh-huh. And they somehow Come away with all three points But that's the way it's going now What about Livingston we're all talking about them now Suddenly they're in 8th position Next game, Celtic So it's an ever-changing picture With the exception of St Mirren and Dundee Who are bogged down 
in the same old movie uh, It's an ever-changing picture above them But for the Aki's Send for Steve McQueen Play the music The great escape's on again <laughs> No, well, listen you, you were saying about the, the good things If you look at air They continue to, to flourish uh, You look at the Partick Thistle New manager You're looking for that bounce And they get an absolute tonking At the weekend So from that point of view Gordon You know uh, We were saying as well But then Verness Clubs We were talking about them Saying who's going to Make a thing I think he's going for Eight draws in the bounce <laughs> uh, We robo up at Inverness So There's plenty of good things To, to take into consideration Yeah Partick Thistle would be another Cause for concern Hugh Yeah yeah. Early the, days of course For I, I Gary just, Caldwell I just get the impression I may be 100% wrong I frequently am Oh yes uh, That they're not at this moment rubbing along together The Partick Thistle dressing room and the manager I think, you know, he's had a lot to say uh, About who might not be there come January uh, And I, I just get the impression it's not an altogether happy camp And when you're one up and lose 5-1 That's a shocker Thank you to Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray For joining me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard uh, The biggest thanks as always though Simply has to go to you Because we appreciate all the calls and tweets And those of you who just listen quietly as well uh, We can do it again tomorrow We're back at the same time 6 o'clock until 8 In the company of Let me get this right Because they've swapped this week Gordon DL and Mark Guidi There we are I got there Gordon DL and Mark Guidi Tomorrow night Tuesday from 6 o'clock uh, but in the meantime, you might as well stay right where you are because Callum Gallagher is up next. Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years.